Today on the new Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job shows us why we already have all the tools we need to live effectively for Him. God's supernatural divine power has deposited every single thing in your life that you need to live out to your utmost potential what it means to be a follower of God. Wow! That should answer, do I have what it takes? Have you ever wondered if you have what it takes? Well, that's the topic we'll be exploring now here on the new Bold Steps Weekend program with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, Mark, did you ever wonder about your life trajectory and whether you had the skills or tools to do all that you wanted to do? I mean, you have the heart of a pastor. I know that. I do. Wayne, I've been pastoring for over 30 years now. And uh, in the heart of the city of Chicago, and it's been a phenomenal time together. During this season, I have the privilege of actually mentoring my 25-year-old son who's doing Mm. half of the teaching. I'm doing the other half. That's been a blast to do. I would imagine so. Yeah. But we're in the heart of the city of Chicago, have a lot of first-generation believers. You know, what encourages me, Wayne, is we see people coming to Christ practically every Sunday. That gives you a lot of energy, doesn't it? It really does. At, at my heart, I love to interact with a very unchurched world here in this—and and believe me, there's a <laughs> lot of unchurched people here in the city of Chicago, but practically every Sunday, like this past Sunday, I was on my knees uh, praying for a couple— hmm. And uh, this couple just came to Christ, got baptized. They lost their two-and-a-half-year-old son. It was just beautiful to see the body of Christ coming around them. And uh, there's real deep issues and problems that we face every day. When I am there ministering to people, it keeps me real, authentic, raw, and I think, um, so I call myself a practitioner president. Yeah, which goes hand in hand with your role as president of Moody then. It really does, because we're training students at Moody ultimately to go out and make a difference, mm-hmm. not just to have head knowledge, but to have the heart and then the practical application, hands-on, what, wherever God calls them. Love it. Well, today, you're going to start a new series for us called Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God. You want to introduce the series to us? Second Peter really challenges us with this question, are we living on target? And so the readers are challenged. You need to get back to living on target for God. And uh, this first message really is challenging us and letting us know, hey, God has equipped you to live on target. You have all the tools you need to live maxed out for the kingdom of God. Mark, as we start, you begin in 2 Peter 2 by introducing us to a very unlikely church leadership candidate. Now, I love Peter because Peter was just a regular, ordinary guy. You know what he was? He was a fisherman. What he was good at was mending nets, casting fish. Have you ever been around fishermen, like the guys that, you know, work with their hands? I have before, and they're kind of a rough crowd. You know, they smell like fish, they're out in the sea a lot, they're not very sophisticated in their speaking, they're they're just, you know, down to earth, good old people that make their 
they're living off of the ocean, and it's not a glorious, glamorous job. It's just a hard, tough job. Peter was one of those guys, and he had this incredible, impetuous spirit. He's the guy that when he saw Jesus walking on the water, he said, hey, this looks great. Jesus asked me to come to you. And he jumps out of the boat while everybody else was safe and secure in the boat. He starts walking on the water, and then he starts drowning. So he goes from walking on the water to drowning, and Jesus has to go pull him out and say, oh, you have a little faith, Peter. How long do I have to be with you? He's the guy that when, when Jesus was being arrested, remember what happened? Peter pulls out his sword, chops off someone's ear. Jesus says, okay, I got to clean up after this guy. Puts his ear back on, he heals him. You know, that's Peter. Peter's the guy that Jesus said, you're going to deny me and leave me. And he said, oh, no, not me, Jesus. Oh, man, I'll go with you to the death. I'll follow you all the way. And Jesus said to him, before dawn comes, you will have denied me three times. And sure enough, Peter denied him three times. And one time he cursed and cussed a little bit just to make sure people didn't think he was a follower of Jesus. So Peter was this impulsive, big-hearted, God-loving fisherman. And God decided to make Peter one of the pillars of the early church. And if you think this morning that God can't use you because you don't have a degree in theology... And if you think that, well, I I don't know that much, I'm not sure God can use me, I want to say that God loves to use ordinary people that have an extraordinary encounter with God to turn the world upside down. So never disqualify yourself because of your background, because God loves to use people that others would say, no way, and God has an incredible way of doing that. And Peter, this fisherman, ends up writing two books in the Bible inspired by the Holy Spirit, very powerful books, and I believe his message is to the ordinary person, and the first question that Peter answers is for people that are asking themselves this question, do I really have what it takes to make it with God? Well, that question is going to be answered, so it starts in verse 1, Simon Peter. It's interesting to me that uh, that Peter uses his old name and his new name. His, his old name before he met Jesus was Simon. When Jesus met him, Jesus said, Peter, he said, Simon, son of Barjona, your name is going to be changed to Peter. Because Simon was real up and down. He was like a roller coaster. He was more like a, he was more like a weed. And Jesus said, you're going to be like a rock. So your name now is going to be Rock. You know, I I love that because oftentimes God speaks to our life in faith. God spoke to Abram and said, your name is going to be Abraham. Abraham means the father of a great nation. You remember how many kids Abram had when he changed his name to father of a great nation? Zero. He had no kids. Imagine introducing yourself. Hi, what's your name? My name is Father of a Great Nation. Oh, wow, you must have a big clan. No, none. (laughs) But by faith, I'm believing that I'm going to have a lot of kids. And and, and Peter the same way. Uh, Peter was very unstable. He wasn't a solid, foundational, rock kind of guy. And Jesus looked at him and says, your name's going to be Rock. 
I know people don't think you're a rock right now. I know you look real unstable right now. I know people would not call you that, but by faith, I'm calling you rock because I believe your life is going to be stable and strong, really stable and strong in God. So I'm wondering what the Spirit of God is calling you today. I'm wondering what name God is speaking into your life when everybody else is calling you something else, but God is saying, but you know what I'm going to call you in faith? I'm going to call you what you're not yet, but what you're becoming. I'm going to speak into your life what others don't even know you are, but in faith, I believe that you're going to become. I believe that's the way God works. So just so we're reminded of who he was, he introduces himself and says, my name, hi, this is Simon Peter, a servant an apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. So he says, I'm writing to other people that have faith as well. He introduces himself and he gives a greeting that was a common greeting in those days, grace and peace. I love that greeting. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Sounds better than, hey, what's up, dude, right? Grace and peace. It just sounds deeper than that. And you know, why, you know why he says grace and peace? Because I believe grace and peace are two things that we really need in life. Grace is the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. Peace is the inner contentment that we need in the middle of trial and tribulation when we know that God is on the throne and no matter what comes at us, we're going to be okay. Grace and peace. So he says, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, this word knowledge, 11 times in 2 Peter, you'll find the word or a derivative of the word knowledge found there because Peter puts a lot of emphasis on knowledge. Knowledge opens up doors for you. Knowledge of God opens up doors for you for things that you need. It's the key to unlock the closets of God's warehouse that you need for your life. Now he jumps in the content of his letter, and he begins in verse 3. This verse, by the way, those of you that are taking notes, or those of you that feel free to write in your Bible, this verse needs to be underlined in your Bible. This verse, if you could grasp it and understand it, could change your life. Let me read it slowly to you. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Wow. Mega truth. His divine power. Whose divine power? God's divine power. Divine means from deity, means from God. God's supernatural This is not talking about natural power. It's not talking about uh, fuel and power. This is not talking about uh, nuclear energy. It's not talking about uh, electrical power. It's not talking about how much you can bench press. This is talking about his divine power that's the greatest, most powerful force in the universe, the power of God, the power that created the heavens and the earth, the power that rose Jesus from the dead, defeating death and sin, the power that breathed in the man and made him a living creature. His divine, supernatural, out-of-this-world power has come down and has landed on your life. 
and has given you everything, not some things, not partially, not 20%, not 30%, 100% of all that you need to live out your life and to live out your life in godliness. 100% provided and supplied for your life. What he's saying is that God's supernatural divine power has deposited every single thing in your life that you need to live out to your utmost potential what it means to be a follower of God. Wow. That should answer, do I have what it takes? You're listening to the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. We'll return to the second half of Mark's message in just a moment. First, let me encourage you to join our Bold Steps Weekend family by stepping out of your comfort zone and sharing your faith boldly with someone new. We're in the middle of our Be Bold contest here in August, and you could be one of 125 Bold Steps listeners to receive a gift set, which includes a premium vacuum-insulated Bold Steps stainless steel tumbler. There's a 12-ounce bag of whole bean Guatemalan coffee from Good Manor Coffee and a collectible reusable bag. We're grateful that a portion of the coffee proceeds benefits Streetlights, a ministry that closely aligns with ours, engaging the urban culture with the gospel of Christ. So it's easy to enter. Just go to boldstepsweekend.org. Look for the Be Bold contest on our homepage. Winners will be notified the first week of September. Your Be Bold story might be one that we feature on an upcoming program. What is the cycle you need to break, the bold step you need to take, and the legacy you want to make? Share your story with us at boldstepsweekend.org and maybe be one of our winners. Let's be bold this summer with Bold Steps. Now, let's dive back into the message on unlocking our access to God's divine power. Now, here's the thing. The problem is you say, well, Pastor, I don't feel like I have all that. I feel like I struggle a lot. I feel like I'm not making it. I feel like I go forward and then fall back. Well, how many of you know that there's a difference between having what we need and knowing how to use what we need? Uh, There's a difference between having what we need and accessing what we need. You know, my father... Uh, was really good with cars. He could take an engine apart, put it back together. He was a great mechanic. He knew how to fix almost pretty much anything. Unfortunately, he did not pass down those skills to his boys. So someone can come to me and say, hey, you know, Pastor Mark, man, your car looks like it needs some repair. Guess what? We're going to give you the best tools around to fix your car. I mean, that we're going to give you a, a, a garage full of tools to fix your broken down car. I mean, they're the latest, the best. I mean, we're going to, and I would go into the garage, and you know what I would do? I would say, whoa, these are nice tools. Nice. My car would still be broken, though. <laughs> I can make sure the tools are dusted, and I could make sure they're all in their proper place. But here's the thing. If I don't know how to apply the knowledge of those tools to fixing my car, I may have all that I need to fix it, but I don't know how to apply it to my life. So my problem is not a problem of having what I need. My problem is a problem of of applying what I need to the problem. Are you tracking with me? Uh, Some of us feel like we lack something in our life as believers, and I want to say you don't lack anything According to this verse, 
Peter's telling us, you have every single thing that you need to face every trial of life, to be married, to raise kids, to make it in life, to be successful in business. You have everything that you need to be able to be all that God wants you to be. It's latent inside of you. You don't need to access more. It's not that you don't have it. It's already inside of you because of God's divine power deposited in you. It's there. You may not know how to access it, but it's already deposited within your being. And how did it come there? All of his divine power has given us everything that we need for life. The word in the Greek is zoe. Life means every general aspect of life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And that was the way that it comes to you. The, the door that opens up all of these goodness to you is knowledge. Knowledge of him. Knowledge of him. So you have all that deposited inside of you, but it comes to you via the knowledge of him. The more that you know about God, it comes, the key that unlocks the door is the, is the word knowledge. You know about God, you learn about his promises, you grow in your knowledge of who he is. The Bible says my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. You see, unless we have knowledge, we can't access what, and this is knowledge of him, knowledge of the word that describes who he is to us, knowledge about the things of God, the word of God, the principles of God. And here's what he says. So, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, he called us, we didn't call him. I, I understand oftentimes I hear new believers say, and maybe, and not so new believers, uh, say, well, I found God. And I understand what you mean by that, but let me tell you, it can't be more wrong. You didn't find God. God was never lost. God has always been calling out to you and calling your name via the Holy Spirit since you were a small child. When you were in your mother's womb, the Holy Spirit still loved you and called out to you through your entire life. God has been giving signals and signs of his existence to you and calling your name. And he's done it through people and through messages and through things. He's awakened you in your spirit so you knew something was wrong before you came to know him. He's been calling out, reaching out to you so you don't find God. God is found you, and you simply respond to the God that's been reaching out to you. That's the way it works. And it says, by his, but who, who, who called us by his own glory and his goodness. It's out of his glory and goodness that God called us. Listen to verse 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. You see, the word of God, if you read scripture, the word of God is full of promises. From Genesis to Revelation, there's promises. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. I will never leave you or forsake you. See, a promise is God's word that he's going to follow through on something. Oftentimes, a promise is conditional. If you do this, I will do this. Uh, seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. You see the promise and the condition? Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. 
is the promise is that God will draw nigh unto you if you draw nigh to him. If you take a step closer to God, God will meet you where you're at. That's a promise. It's based on a condition that you're willing to draw nigh to him, and he will always meet you there. So the word of God is full of promises, and it says, through these, he has given us this very great and precious promises so that, in his promises, so that through them, you may participate. And now here's the next big bomb. Listen to this. Not only do you have all that you need to live your life in godliness, but the second thing that he dictates to us is that through his promises, he has made us participants in, look what it says, in the divine nature. Nature indicates origin. You say, well, what's the nature of that? You're asking, where did that come from, right? If we find a pig, we take a pig, and we get a pig out of a stable, and we clean up the pig, and put detergent, scrub that pig down, and we put a little pink bow on that pig's ear, and we spray a little J-Lo perfume on that pig, and we say, okay, lady, now you are one classy lady. I mean, you are civilized, and now you used to be a pig, but now, oh, you are one gorgeous thing. And you're never going to go back to being a pig like you were. You have transitioned to a whole new level. And we keep that pig in a clean corral, and we keep that pig in a clean environment. We may think that we've made some real progress in changing the behavior and nature of that pig. However, if you were to let that pig out of that clean environment and you were to let that pig loose near the pig farm, when that pig sees a mud puddle full of gook and mire and slop, the very first thing that pig is going to do is going to make a beeline towards that place of muck and mire and it's going to throw itself in there and roll around in it and snort and, and carry on and get mud caked all over. Why? Because that pig still has a pig's nature. And you may clean out the outside of a pig, but you do not change the nature of a pig by changing its appearance on the outside. Hear me well. A lot of our flaws in Christianity is that we try to change people from the outside. Most religion is directed at behavior modification rather than nature change. That's Mark Job reminding us that it's what's on the inside that counts here on Bold Steps Weekend. Well, few people have more impact on this nonprofit ministry than those who have chosen to give a financial gift so that others can have access to the life-changing, authentic Word of God. And so if you've come to rely on the practical and passionate Bible teaching you receive each weekend, we'd love for you to partner with us. When you give a one-time donation or when you decide to become a bold partner by giving a financial gift each month, you can be confident in knowing your gifts are being put to good use. Call us at 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580 to give today. Or give online when you visit boldstepsweekend.org. 
And when you donate $30 or more each month, we'll send you a signed copy of Mark's book, Unstuck. Access to our informative and encouraging bi-weekly email, The Bold Partner Post, and a copy of our current Bold Action Gift. Now, here's Mark to tell us more about this month's engaging resource by Kurt Bruner and Jim Ware. You know, when C.S. Lewis set out to write the Chronicles of Narnia, he intended to create far more than just another fictional series. By his own admission, Lewis wanted to lead others closer to God and through the powerful portal of storytelling. And to really appreciate just how masterful his efforts would be, I'd like to recommend a book by Kurt Bruner and Jim Ware called Finding God in the Land of Narnia. This book explores the deep spiritual themes of redemption and grace found in the Narnia series, and each chapter will help readers gain a deeper understanding of both the series and of God himself. Thank you, Mark. To request the book, Finding God in the Land of Narnia today, address your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Once again, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Or request a copy when you go to boldstepsweekend.org. And then don't forget to share your Be Bold story on social media. Just include hashtag Be Bold so we can see your post. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Wayne Shepherd on behalf of Mark Job and the entire Bold Steps Weekend team. Let me wish you a wonderful and relaxing weekend. Be sure to join us next time when Mark shows us all about staying on target with God from our new series, Bullseye Living. That's coming up next time on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.